Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Come on, are you happy to be in the house of the Lord? Come on, that was 10 of you. Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord? Come on, let's get some joy in you. Listen, this is the first time I'm preaching this, uh, this subject here. I've always wanted to preach. Uh, every time I read this phrase for years, I would say, man, there's something in it. You know, like my spirit would jump, but I just never had time to develop it or think about it. You know, those of you who are, have a teaching gift or a preaching gift, just let me tell you a little secret how it works for me. Sometimes God highlights a verse. But you just have to stare at it long enough for God to give you some re- revelation. You have to read it. You have to dissect it you, have to. it. you have to intake it. You have to stare at it. Come on, right? And you have to just kind of allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. But um, today, I want to prophesy something good to you. God is going to do something in our hearts in this season. And, and again, what I'm about to say uh, or preach, um, it's, it, it's not cliche. I believe it's the timing of the Lord. So you're going to be with me. You're going to find out what I'm going to speak. And those who are uh, of RCCA, again, uh, we had a good uh, time uh, this past, last Monday, and, and, and we're launching it. And we've made a little tweaks. So we're going to get and make it better. We're starting at 630 uh, Monday. Sorry, Castillos. <laughs> but, but it's okay. It's going to be good. Amen? All right. Let's pray. Let's turn to John chapter 1, verse 43. Come on, get your Bibles out. Everyone get your Bibles out and and turn to John chapter 1. We're going to go look at verse 43, but let's pray before we start. Father, today we ask that you speak to us. Come on, just take a moment instead of being that religious rut that we're in, you know, like, okay, I'm supposed to. Let's truly, like Joanne says, like that, that word by Joanne was so prophetic. Just close your eyes and say, Lord, am I grounded? Lord, am I, do I have a firm foundation? Come on, ask the Lord. Lord, do I want to hear the word? Or am I just here because I'm forced to or out of tradition or out of need? Lord, open my eyes. Open my ears to hear the word of God. And I pray, Lord God, that you would use me. Lord God, bring everything into remembrance. Let it be done by the spirit of the anointing of the Holy Spirit and not by my eloquence. And I thank you that we will have ears to hear in Jesus' name. And everyone said... I believe the word of God can just do what the word of God says. Amen. I believe that once the word of God is released, it's up to the hearer to be able to determine what ground the word is released on. Amen. Because the word of the Lord came, the seed sower, came to four different types of people. And I'm not preaching on that. But only one of the people that heard it produced fruit. I pray and I beg the Lord that, that, will not, that it will not but just be 25% today that hear the word and bear fruit. I, I pray 100% of you will receive this. Amen? The next day, verse 43. This is in John chapter 1. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee, and he found Philip, and he said to him, listen to me, come follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida. You remember that city a couple weeks ago when I talked about that. Andrew and Peter's hometown. Now, Philip went to look for Nathaniel. Everybody say Nathaniel. And told him, we have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. Listen, his name is Jesus, the son of Joseph, from Nazareth. Everybody say, from Nazareth. Now look at Nathaniel's response. Nazareth? Exclaimed Nathaniel. Can 
anything good come out of Nazareth? Hmm. Can anything, Nazareth, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Come and see for yourself, Philip replied. As they approached Jesus, now, quote, Jesus said, here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. Philip said, I mean, Nathaniel said, how do you know me? How do you know about me, Nathaniel asked. Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Boy, that could preach right there. Jesus sees you before man sees you. Then Nathanael exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel. Jesus asked him, do you believe this just because I told you I had seen you under the fig tree? Oh, I love this. You will see greater things than this. Nathanael. Now look at me. Nathanael responds to Philip. Now here, I need you to grab this because I've never spoke on this topic before. So if you're talking or if you're doing something or texting, you're going to miss a prophetic message for your life. Come on. And so Philip comes to Nathanael. By the way, let me pause. This was at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, historically. And so Jesus was actually um, picking his disciples or people to become his disciples. And these are the people that every person that Jesus came in the beginning, right, uh, said, follow me. They immediately left everything and followed him. But with Nathanael, he was like the only one who seemed to be a little hesitant when it comes to following Jesus. But as you do the study, I don't think Nathaniel was hesitant about Jesus per se, maybe possibly being the Messiah. What was the hang-up for Nathaniel was Jesus of Nazareth. The hang-up for, G- for Nathaniel wasn't so much in, in Jesus being possibly the Messiah. The hang-up and the question and the hesitation was Nazareth? How can anything good come out from Nazareth? I'm jumping because I know what I'm going to preach about. You don't. (laughs) Nathaniel, the Bible says Jesus called him a true son of Israel. In other words, he was very patriotic. He knew Israel's in and out. Jesus called him a true son of Israel. He was a devout Israelite. He knew the cities and towns. He was from the city of Galilee, Nathaniel. Listen to me. But in the city of Galilee, there's many towns. Just like in the city of Orlando, there's a lot of towns. In the city of Galilee, there's many towns, and one of them was Nazareth. And if you, if you do a study, the, the Nathaniel, in my opinion, uh, knew the ins and outs of the city and he realized that, that Nathaniel realized that the town of Nazareth was a very low quality town. It was hardly ever mentioned. It was kind of dirty, according to historians. It was an agricultural uh, mess. There was very little fruit there. Very little visitors that went to Nazareth. It was esteemed in Nazareth in those days that Nazareth was the lowest of the lowest of towns. Oh, come on, I'm getting somewhere. It, it was despised. Nazareth was not even, listen, now you Bible historians that like to, to, to check, uh, fact check, please fact check because because I'm about to say something I couldn't even believe myself. In my studies, it, Nazareth was so almost uh, detestable or insignificant that you couldn't find Nazareth in the Old Testament. Now, I'm going to say maybe, just for the sake of I'm wrong, you cannot find 
the, the verbiage Nazareth in the Old Testament. Now, maybe there is, but in my study, and according to a lot of theologians, Nazareth wasn't even mentioned in the Old Testament. The first time, if you do a word search for Nazareth, you'll only see New Testament scriptures. You don't see Old Testament. No big prophet ever came from Nazareth. Come on, somebody. Nothing good ever happened or came out from Nazareth. I'm smiling because I think you know where I'm going. Nothing good ever came from that town. As a matter of fact, it was uh, looked upon as dishonorable. It was looked upon as not respectable. It was looked upon as not even uh, admirable. The name Nazareth or Nazarene, whenever it was mentioned, watch this, before Jesus touched Nazareth and was raised in Nazareth, before Jesus touched Nazareth and raised through Nazareth, Nazareth was almost non-existent and it was detestable and it was low and it was, some people say it was even low of morals. So we could see how this devout Israelite, Nathaniel, could say, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Come on, somebody. How can something so good come out of something so bad? How can something so good come out of a situation so bad? How can something so holy be birthed out of something so ugly? How can some, how can healing and restoration come out of a place of darkness? Philip said, come and see. Why do I say this? I'm going to say this because spiritually, sorry, symbolically, Nazareth to you and I represents the areas that are detestable, the areas that are dark and ugly, the painful areas in our life, even people. It could represent a person. It could represent someone that doesn't want anything to do with God, and that person to you is is a Nazareth. And you may say to yourself, how can anything good Come out from my Nazareth. Every one of us in this room has a personal Nazareth. Whether it's right now, whether it's in the past, or it's in the future. You have a personal Nazareth that was empty, detestable, no recognition, not even honorable, not even a place that to be desired. It's actually, some of you, it's a painful, dark place. And you're saying, like Nathaniel, Nazareth? Are you talking to me that something good could come out of Nazareth? I'm here to tell you, yes, it can. Because I'm about to tell you something, and my preaching is probably going to be short today because I really felt the Lord highlight the word Nazareth, and I did this. Can anything good come out of this crisis I'm facing? Can anything good come out of this heartbreak I'm experiencing right now? Look at this first point. Look at this. It's hard to believe that something good can come out of something that hasn't had anything good ever come out of it. Can anybody just relate to that and put your spiritual mask off? Can anybody relate to that? It's hard to believe because people say, oh, something's good. God works all things for good. Everything's going to be good. And you're like, but I'm in pain for five years. Nothing is changing for six years. I'm tithing. Nothing is changing. I've had two, two miscarriages, and I'm, and I'm thinking about the, the, not even having another baby. How can something good come out of a place that never had something good come out of it? That's, that was the city of Nazareth. Nothing good ever came out of Nazareth before Jesus came 
Oh, God. When there is not even a sign or a signal telling us that it's going to get better. Can anybody relate to that? You don't even have a sign. You don't even have a signal that things are going to get better. How do you know? Nazareth didn't know, but there was an appointed time for Nazareth to shine. And after Jesus came and was raised in and raised through. The reason I keep saying that is because it doesn't matter where you are born. It doesn't matter where you're raised at. Listen to me. Because where you're born could be a specific location that you're there for a couple days or a couple weeks. But where you were raised in is where you experience your life experiences. Where you were raised in, I could have been born in Cuba, which I was not. I was like close to Cuba. It was like Miami. It was almost part of, it was like part of Cuba. <laughs> right? It was like little Cuba. But listen, I was raised in Miami, right? I was born in Miami, and I was raised in Miami. But some of you, you were born somewhere else, right? But you were raised in a completely different place. It was where you were raised that matters because where you were raised, experience, watch this, time, experience, experience, and also the, the life principles that you learned. When Jesus is raised through your pain. Come on, somebody. When Jesus is raised and touched through your Nazareth, something good could come out of your Nazareth. Like a child, how does, a chi- how does something good come out of something so bad? Like a regular childbirth, through pain and through waiting. Through pain and through waiting. Say through pain and through waiting. When Jesus touched Nazareth, the rest of the meaning of Nazareth changed for the rest of history. No longer do we view Nazareth as something that is detestable. And I'm going to give you scriptures of the great turnaround and turning point that happened to Nazareth that I believe there's going to be a turning point for the body of Christ who have just been waiting and just been hoping and have just been believing. I'm going to prophesy to you whether you want to believe it or not. There's going to be a turning point that's going to come to you at the fullness of time that God has in store for you that something good is going to come out of something that never came good from. Oh, yes, it will. Yes, it will. I know I have a preaching anointing today, so a lot of times I teach, but I want to encourage you today because we got a lot of bad news. I'm here to tell you, you need to receive what I'm about to say. You're in a Nazareth season, and you're saying, can anything good come out of this? Can anything good come out of my financial heartbreak? Can anything good come out of my health drama? Can anything good come out from my family drama? Can anything good come out from the situation that I've currently been in? I am in pain, and I've cried out to God. Nazareth was nothing before Jesus came through it. And Jesus chose not only to be raised in it, but stayed there until adulthood. So much so that the main title of Jesus of all of Scripture, other than the Son of God and the Son of David, is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Oh, man, I thought I was going to get more collapse than that. So what am I trying to say? Here's the next point. Are you ready? Look at this. You may be in a Nazareth season right now. Come on, say amen. But if you let Jesus be birthed through your Nazareth season, something very good can come out of Nazareth. 
You may be in a Nazareth season right now, but if you let Jesus be birthed through your Nazareth, something good could come out of Nazareth. Do you understand the historical thing that I had to give you an intro form? Nazareth was not even found in the Old Testament by great prophets that landed. You would see great things being spoken of different cities in the Old Testament. You hardly see anything. Why would God choose an insignificant, dark, lowly place like Nazareth for the creation? of the universe to be raised in because God has a reputation to take things that are detestable and make them powerful tools and healing tools for the Lord. I'm here to tell you that has to do with you. You may not have a situation in Nazareth. You may be Nazareth. (laughs) Oh man, you missed that. You may not have a situation that's called Nazareth. You may be the Nazareth or you may have a loved one that is a Nazareth. But I'm here to tell you that loved one that is a Nazareth, something good is about to happen to that Nazareth. I said something good is about to happen to that Nazareth because some of you have been praying for a Nazareth and something good. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? In other words, watch this, watch this. Philip said, come and see. In other words, come and see for yourself with your own eyes. You will see with your own eyes goodness come out from a place you never thought goodness would come out of. Come on, church. Are you alive this morning? I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. Come on, I'm getting more excited than you guys. Maybe this word is just for me. Maybe God gave it for me and I'm just kind of vomiting on you and you're just kind of like, okay, good for you, pastor. Well, I'll take your blessing then. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. No, no, no. This is true for me. I can't see goodness coming out of my situation. If I could be very transparent with you and I don't like to talk about myself, I could barely get out of bed today. 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 This morning. I didn't want to be here this morning. I'm in a lot of pain in my nerve pain. My nerve pain has increased the last couple of days or so. But you know what? I'm here. Something good can come out of your Nazareth. But here it is. He gets you to a point of desolation and desperation and, and waiting. And you're like, where happened? And then all of a sudden, Jesus and Mary and Joseph just decided to move back to Nazareth from Bethlehem. Do you know that the, one of the titles of Jesus, even when, they, the, when his title of lordship is not Jesus Christ of Bethlehem, it's Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Do you understand this? You have to understand that G- Nazareth may be something or maybe somebody. And you never know. This could be the day that Jesus arrives in your Nazareth. You never know. Nazareth was just waiting. It was detestable. No one liked it. It was miserable. People talked bad about it. Come on, you may be experiencing that. But one day, the Lord put on Mary and Joseph's heart, move back to that, that, that slum city, Nazareth. Why? Because you're going to raise the Son of God there. God is about to be birthed in the most darkest places in your life. Jesus is about to be birthed. Goodness is about to be birthed in some of the most horrific places in your life that you've endured pain. Could anything good come out of Nazareth? Come and see. You will see it with your own eyes. If you endure, Enrique was saying, if you endure, if you wait upon the Lord, if you don't give up, Listen to this. This is, a, this is powerful. He said, come and see. 
there is about to be a turning point. Now, this is going to sound cliche-ish, but I'm going to prophesy this to you. Your best season is going to come from your darkest seasons. Your best season is going to come from, from your worst seasons. Why? Because it was in your worst seasons that you actually drawn you to look to God for the first time. It was in your worst season that you said, okay, I'm going to give it one more shot. It was in your worst season that you said, I got nothing else to lose. I'm already in a dark place. I'm already in a painful place. I'm already in a messed up place. What do I got to lose? If you look at most ladies, most, because I'm not a lady, right? If you look at most ladies, labor is painful and giving birth to a baby is painful. But after the birth comes, Jesus said, you forget about that labor because you have life in your hands. Listen, come on. Because Jesus came. After Jesus was raised in and through Nazareth, there would forever be a turning point. Everybody say a turning point. Put that slide up because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you shout now because I know you're going to shout in this scripture. After Jesus was raised, everybody say raised. raised. In. That means the Lord has to do something internally. Keep it up there during your dark season because all kinds of junk are revealed when you're going through a dark season. Am I, am I talking to myself or am I talking to the church here? Your true heart will be revealed when you're under pressure. That means, that means in your Nazareth, he has to be raised in your Nazareth. He has to mature in. That, that word, that, that phrase, you won't relent until you have it all. You know what it means? It means, he means, I'm not going to stop until you think you've done. No, it's I who determines when you're done, when you've given it all to me. Oh, Lord, I've given all to you. And God says, no, you haven't. I'm going to keep on, I'm going to keep on poking. Oh, I don't relent until you have it all. I have it all now. I have it all now. (laughs) You have it all. No, no, no. There's still that little anger and unbelief that you have towards me. Watch this. After Jesus was raised in and raised through, through Nazareth, there would forever be a turning point for Nazareth. You could take that screen off so the online people can now watch my big head. The Bible says something powerful about a turning point. Everybody say turning point. I'm going to prophesy. Some of you are about to come into a turning point. Remember, Jesus and Nazareth, were, Nazareth was not for centuries of any significance. It was very ugly. It was undesirable. But there came a turning point for Nazareth that would forever change the destiny of Nazareth in the scriptures and in history is tied forever to the Son of God. And I'll give you a clue. And the Son of God is forever tied to Nazareth. I'm going to show you that at the end of my message, that the Son of God has now forever chosen, even in heaven, even in heaven as a resurrected body, to be tied to Nazareth. Oh, God, look at Daniel chapter 7. You say, Daniel? Yes. Daniel chapter 7, verse 21. Oh, glory to God. Daniel chapter 7, verse, you know what? Every now and then you just need to, to have some prophetic preaching and just receive it. Don't just put your, don't put your, uh, your, your, um, your hands like this and say, well, that's just too preachy. Well, then you're not going to get anything, my friends. Sometimes preaching means good news. You have to preach your good news. Watch Daniel 7. Look at this, guys. Look at me. Look with me. Daniel 7, verse 21. Oh, 
And I, Daniel, was watching, and the same horn, which is symbolic of the Antichrist and the devil, okay? So just so you see that, that's uh, evil, okay? The enemy. He was making war against the saints and prevailing against the saints. In other words, the enemy was prevailing. It wasn't a hint. It wasn't a foreshadow. He was actually prevailing against the saints, against the church, until the Ancient of Days came listen and a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the most high and the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom (laughs) the time came when the saints were were given permission and authority to take dominion listen the key here i don't know if you saw this do you notice what daniel said he said the horn the devil was prevailing not prevailed duh That was a word right there. He was prevailing, not prevailed, which means that for a season, oh, come on, somebody, for a season, for a moment, the enemy was winning. For a moment, the enemy was laughing. For a moment, the enemy was dancing and boasting at the saints' loss and the saints' darts and their Nazareth. For a moment, the enemy, all hell was throwing a party for a moment because they were prevailing for a moment. In other words, in how does it affect you? For a season, it looked like the enemy was winning in your family. For a season, it looked like the enemy wasn't, sorry, the Lord wasn't hearing you. For a season, it looked like God was judging you. Has anybody felt that way? That God, you're, you're under judgment by God? Because of the lack of movement and blessing for a season. Everybody say a season. You thought that God wasn't hearing you. And it looked like God was abandoning you. Until the Ancient of Days showed up. Until the Ancient of Days decided no more judgment is given to the saints. Listen, and it's time for the saints to possess the kingdom. The Lord is here giving me a message for you today that in your Nazareth, it was seeming like all these things were never going to change in your personal Nazareth or the personal Nazareth that you're praying for or you being the personal Nazareth. But the, but the Lord says until Jesus came to Nazareth, nothing good came out of Nazareth. That's why Nathaniel said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Well, I want to tell you what came out of Nazareth. Healing came out of Nazareth. Salvation came out of Nazareth. Unto sins, uh, uh, freedom came out of Nazareth. Mercy came out of Nazareth. Grace came out of Nazareth. Freedom came out of Nazareth. Freedom in your soul could come out of Nazareth. Why? Because God is using your Nazareth to bring humility in you. Yes, God is using your Nazareth so that you could see, realize that you can do nothing apart from him. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches, you could do nothing from me. And sometimes we humble ourselves, but sometimes God has to humble us. And your Nazareth means that there's a season in your life where you are uncertain about what is good, anything good could come out of this. Even if some of you, you just heard some news that you didn't like. How can anything good come out of this news? How could anything good? You will see if you wait upon the Lord. Listen to this. Listen to this. When we allow, put this slide up, Jesus to be raised in and through our personal Nazareth. I'm not going to be long. I just feel a preaching anointing on me here. We will experience a divine turnaround and a turning point. 
Remember, Nazareth was regular until Jesus came and it had a turning point. And I'm going to save the best for last because I'm going to give you scriptures that blew my mind of how the entire reputation and identity of Nazareth completely changed when Jesus was raised through Nazareth. Since he was a boy to his adulthood, he was called Jesus the Nazarene. He, didn't, he wasn't called Jesus the Bethlehemite. He was called Jesus of Nazareth. Oh, glory to God. Everybody say turning point. Say Nazareth had a turning point. Your health may be in a Nazareth right now, but your health is about to have a turning point. Come on, somebody. Your finances may be in Nazareth right now, but Nazareth, but your finances is about to have a turning point. Listen, your career may be in a Nazareth right now, but your career is about to have a turning point. Your calling may be in a Nazareth season right now, but your calling and your destiny is about to have a turning point. Your gifting may be in a Nazareth moment where nobody, everybody overlooked you. But it's coming to a turning point. No longer today do we talk about Nazareth like the historians talked about it over 2,000 years ago. We don't see Nazareth ugly. We see Nazareth beautiful. And all of our imagination, the word Nazareth is linked to the, to the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Because Nazareth had a condition, but it was not his conclusion. I said Nazareth had a condition but it, didn't, but it wasn't his conclusion. Look at that point. Put that point up there. Look at this. Oh, this is good. Nazareth's condition was not its conclusion. I'm going to have the worship team soon come up here because I'm telling you right now. Nazareth's condition was not its conclusion. And your condition is not your conclusion. Somebody better praise the Lord for that. Somebody better praise the Lord for that. I said somebody better praise the Lord. Your condition is not your conclusion. You need to understand that your condition has tried to shape you, has tried to identify you, has tried to strip you, has tried to embarrass you, has tried to frustrate you and get you upset. But your condition is not the end of the story. Pay attention. Come on, listen to me what I'm saying. This is important for you. Your condition is not your conclusion. Say that with me. My condition is not my conclusion. My spiritual condition. It's not my spiritual conclusion. My mental condition is not my mental conclusion. My emotional condition is not my emotional conclusion. My physical condition is not my physical conclusion. Glory to God. Alcohol may be your condition, but it's not your conclusion. Come on. Sexual addiction may be your condition, but it's not your conclusion. Financial hardship could be your condition, but it's not your conclusion. Anxiety, fear, and worry may be your condition, but it's not your conclusion. Being depressed may be your condition, but it's not your conclusion. Being backslidden may be your condition, but that's not your conclusion. Yes. It's not your conclusion. You're not going to be depressed all your life. You're not going to be oppressed all your life. You're not going to be un unfree all your life. You're not going to be all that all your life. You have to learn how to realize that Jesus is about to come to Nazareth. And when Jesus comes to Nazareth, everything changes. 
You may, oh, it was 20 years. It doesn't matter. It was, for Nazareth, it was hundreds of years. It was hundreds of years that, that Nazareth had no name, no significance, low, dark, unde- detestable. And all of a sudden, out of all the, the towns that Jesus, come on, t- Jesus at least be raised in Galilee. No, Jesus went to Galilee a lot, but he wasn't raised in Galilee. He was raised in Nazareth. Some of you, I'm going to prophesy, you don't even know it, but you're being raised in your pain. You're being raised in your hurt. You have no idea that he is not going to relent until he has everything. And sometimes until you get everything, he has allowed you to get in a Nazareth season. But I'm here to tell you that turnaround, you're no longer going to be looked upon or feel that way because God is about to do something good in your Nazareth. <sighs> until the time comes when Jesus comes to you, our Nazareth, look at that point. We must resist our negative feelings and stay in faith. That's a good point to say amen. Until, about say until. Now, I can't predict or know that time frame. Until the time comes when Jesus comes to our Nazareth. Look at what it says. We must resist our negative feelings and stay in faith. We got to get out of feel power and get into faith power. Come on. We got to get out of feelings. Now, listen, feelings are good because they're good. Listen, they're good um, indicators, but they're terrible dictators. You hear what I just said? Feelings are good because without certain feelings, you don't know what's wrong. You don't know what there, there's something off. If, there, if, if, if someone has wounded you, you actually feel that pain, so there's that need to do something about it. So they're great indicators, but they're very poor dictators. You can't dictate health based on your feelings. You can't dictate the goodness of God based on your feelings. You can't dictate the promises of God based on your feelings. You can't even dictate tomorrow on your feelings, let alone today. You can't dictate how much you'll serve God by your feelings. Some of us, as Christians, we dictate victory based on our feelings. But I said it before during the tithe and offering portion, but I'll say it again. The Bible says, he who observes the wind will never sow. Is it good today? Maybe it's a good day. It's a good day to read the Bible today because I'm feeling good. Well, no, I'm not feeling good, so I ain't going to read the Bible today. Or, or you know what? I'm just really tired and I feel lazy. It's not a good day to go to church. It's always a good day to go to church. Drag yourself to prayer. Drag yourself to church. Drag yourself to community because your heart is going to come alive. The more you stay isolated, the more the enemy will start draining you. And he'll use, by the way, bitterness and hurt to get you away from all the things that the, end, that the Lord wants to do in your life. Amen. That's right. This is good. Feelings are valid, but they're poor dictators. Feelings focus on me. Faith focuses on God. Come on, put that Twitter or X, X post up there. <laughs> it's X now. That's what it's called. Feelings focus on me. Faith focuses on God. I've had a lot of feelings that focus on me. Trust me. But it's got me nowhere. The more you feel, feel yourself, that's how the young people say it. And I'm feeling myself. That's what they say. They take, a, uh, they take a selfie. They look cute. I'm feeling myself. Well, when it comes to the spirit realm, you can't feel yourself. You have to faith yourself. 
Because if you feel yourself, your feelings are going to tell you, don't do this when God is telling you to do something. Your feelings are going to tell you to be rebellious because somebody is trying to correct you lovingly. Your feelings will not take correction, but faith will. Listen, listen, listen to this. Noah didn't feel like building an ark, but by faith, Noah built it. He didn't, ha- he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't have any grid about building an ark, but the Lord told him, guess what? It had never rained before. Like, we, we know what rain looks like, but imagine Noah living for years and never knowing that something from the sky called rain and water is actually kind of healthy and normal. But there was about to be a flood, and God says, build an ark. And he goes, okay, what is an ark? It's going to be like a big boat. What's a big boat? I mean, I mean, we, we think about this right now. He's like, here's the measurements. Just do what I say. Okay. He started getting hammers. And it took him years, to, months, and to, 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 to build this thing. Listen to me. He didn't have the feeling to do it. He had the faith to do it. Abraham didn't feel like taking Isaac to Mount Moriah. But in Mount Moriah, where he was about to sacrifice Isaac, the Lord said, stop, watch this. But faith allowed him to do it. And in there, he learned that God was Jehovah Jireh. That's the first place you hear the word Jehovah Jireh, my provider, is in that story. Where Abraham was taking Isaac to Mount Moriah. And he was about to sacrifice in obedience. Do you think he felt like it? Come on. Those of us who go by feelings, that is a hard thing to do, even for me. There's no way I'm going to take my sons up to a mountain and sacrifice them, even though I think God told them, told me. He had no hesitation. He went up, and he got there. And as soon as he was about to put that knife up, God says, don't do it. And he goes, I am Jehovah Jireh. I'm your provider. I will provide a lamb that stuck, a ram that stuck in the thicket. And I'll provide for you because I was just testing you. See, Nazareth is a place of testing. Nazareth is a place of waiting. Moses didn't feel like going up to Egypt, but by faith, <laughs> he delivered an entire nation. That's what I'm trying to say. When you're waiting for Jesus to come to your Nazareth, we have to walk in faith power, not feeling power. Because feelings right now in your Nazareth, Nazareth, sorry, is going to destroy you. I've had many times where my feelings were so high that it, 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 I almost believed the complete lie. Have you ever believed your feelings so much that you actually like complete, you like you're in a daze. Like it's like, oh yeah, what I'm feeling is true. It was completely against scripture to give up and do the things that my feelings wanted to do. But when you're in that way, in that, in that moment, your feelings actually seem to be true. That's why you have to get around community because community would be like, listen, snap out of it. Here's the scripture. I'm going to tell you something that's not in my notes. You need people to give you the word of the Lord that's surrounding you, not just you be the only Christian in your surroundings because we all have blind spots. We all have blind moments, and sometimes we think that our feelings are right, or or we feel like our feelings are the voice of the Lord. When I was a youth pastor, that was a big thing. I feel this for this this girl. I think the Lord is telling me that this is my wife. Do you know that feelings and the voice of the Lord sound a lot alike? If you don't discern the voice of the Lord, your feeling, you could say the Lord told me when it's just your feelings. Preach, Pastor George. I'm trying. But your feelings should never be rushed. How how do you know the voice of the Lord? Because God guides the devil pushes. 
The devil says, now, do it now, do it now, 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 now. No, you can't, no, no, no. He, he leads me beside the still waters. He doesn't push me into the still water. He doesn't shove me into the push water. Go ahead. Oh, okay, Lord, goodness. He doesn't do that. He gently leads. And if you don't want it, he will not force you. Your feelings are good indicators, but they're poor dictators. If you're in a Nazareth season, get out of feelings and get into faith. Come on, church. Get into faith and get people around you, please listen to me, that make your faith jump. Get people around you that are people of faith, even if it's two or three people that love the Lord, truly love the Lord, that you express some of how your Nazareth feelings are feeling and they will get you in out of feelings and into faith. And I pray and I hope that the friends that you have around you are not people that will placate to your feelings all the time and never tell you the truth. You need someone to say, listen, I understand that. I understand that you're hurting. I am not doubting that you're hurting. That's a great indicator. But if you create dictation from indication, you'll have a falsation. That's for free. That's not even a word. How do you know a falsation is a word? You'll believe a lie all your life. Esther didn't feel like approaching the king, risking her death. But by faith she did and delivered the entire race of the Jews from being annihilated by Haman. Do you know it was Esther by faith that said, I could die. Let's just be real. Let's just, let's just take off our spiritual mask right now, okay? Tiffany, if I would come to you and say, listen, you have an, you have an opportunity to save all of RCC. But if you don't get favor from the eldership, Right? or Pastor George, or whatever, you're going to die. You're going to die. I mean, think about it. Your feelings are like, not going to be like, oh, that is what I've been waiting for all my life. Praise God. She had to, she was going to, I don't care how spiritual, you're going to wrestle with some things at that moment. You're going to say, oh, I could die? There's a possibility? Yes, there's a possibility. Just want to let you know. The king may not raise his scepter because if you come into his presence without proper protocol, he has the right to say, what are you doing here? You're just entering my chambers. There's a protocol to do that. You're, you're going to be stoned to death. She goes, if I die, I die. I'm going to do it by faith. She entered those things, and I think it would be like double doors. And she entered in, you know, again, I'm, this is just me. I may, may, you know, I, but I believe like the slow motion, her hair was like. <laughs> and she went like this to the king, right? No, she probably didn't do that. The Lord gave her favor. As, listen, listen, listen. As soon as she decided to walk out of feelings and into faith, when she opened the door, that was faith. And the rest was up to God. And the Lord gave her favor. You want to get out of your Nazareth? Get out of feelings and get into faith. Because if Nazareth could talk, it was like, how about me, Lord? Bethlehem has had something, you know, Judah has had something many times in the Bible. All these other cities and towns, that something good came out of that. How about Nazareth? And it's like the Lord says, no, I got something better. No, but, but Elijah didn't come to Nazareth. And, and Elijah, you didn't have to do that. And, you didn't, and Nathan and all these other people, they came from, from all these other towns. But you never mentioned me. I got something better for you that's going to be greater than all that. The Son of God is going to be raised through you. Are you ready for this revelation? The maturity 
of who you are in Christ, the mature Jesus will be birthed through your Nazareth season. The mature Christian will be birthed in Nazareth. And I'm, I need the worship team to get up here. Now, here's what I'm gonna, I saved for last. I want you to listen to me because I saved the goods for last. Look at this, listen to this last, last point here. After Jesus was raised in and through Nazareth, everybody say the name of Jesus was always identified and tied with the name of Nazareth. Listen, after Jesus was raised in, the name of Jesus was always connected and tied throughout all eternity with this once insignificant city and town. And now forever, Nazareth is linked to Jesus and Jesus is linked to Nazareth. So much so, and I'm getting ahead of myself, that everything, the apostles and demons all recognize, not Jesus, but Jesus of Nazareth. Look, look at this. Okay, this, this is so good. His, these are my closing scriptures. Here's some examples of even of Jesus tying himself forever to Nazareth. Are you in a Nazareth season? Come on. Are you? How many are in a Nazareth season? Lift up your hands. If you're in a Nazareth season, okay, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Yes. Your family could be saved through your Nazareth. Your salvation could be saved through your Nazareth. Your joy could come through your Nazareth. Your breakthrough could come through your Nazareth. Can anything good Come and see, Philip said. I hear the Lord saying to you, come and see. You're going to see goodness with your eyes in an area where you thought goodness would never come out of. In your marriage, in your affliction, in your finances. I'm believing that for myself. I'm saying, Lord, can anything good? I told the Lord this morning in my prayer time, Lord, I'm giving the people 30% because they think I'm good, but I'm, I'm giving them 30% because my affliction prohibits me from doing it. Can anything good, and I'm talking to myself, nothing good could come out of this. Bless you. But something good will, will come out of Nazareth, and it's going to be surprising to you. Mm. Are you ready for this revelation? Are you ready for this revelation? Acts chapter 3, verse 2 through 7 in the ESV. Are you ready? Listen to me. Don't get distracted. Watch this. And a man lame from birth. Everything that I've said to you leads to these scriptures right here. So pay attention. Everything that i said. I want you to see how the name of Nazareth, your Nazareth, was forever changed when you allowed Jesus to be raised through your Nazareth. You're going to see another side of Jesus and another powerful side of Jesus that you've never seen before. If you don't get bitter, if you don't give up, if you don't, if you don't get angry, if you stay, watch this, ready. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate. This is the ESV. I'm liking the ESV version a lot lately. He was laid at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate. Follow me. It's on the screens. To ask alms for entering the temple. Listen. Even the great apostles ministered, not just in the name of Jesus, but in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Oh, look Look at this. St. Peter and John about to go into the temple. This is after Jesus resurrected, guys. He asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze on this man, as did John. And he said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them. It's a little lower in the, in the background, please. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give you. Everybody say this with me. In the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, come on. 
of Nazareth. In the name of Jesus Christ. Why would they say of Nazareth? He could just say in the name of Jesus and it would have been sufficient. But Nazareth was so forever attached to Jesus because Jesus wanted Nazareth attached to him. He wanted Nazareth, that experience attached, because that experience is going to bring goodness of God through you because you're going to learn how to trust again. You're going to learn how to praise in your darkness. You're going to learn how to pray in a darkness. Anybody could pray when everything's good. Anyone could worship God when everything is good. Anyone could confess God is good when you just got a promotion. But could you confess God is good when all hell is breaking loose? Could you confess God is good when you got no money in your bank? Could you confess God is good when someone backstabbed you? God is still good. He forever attached his name to Nazareth. You watch this. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. This is the apostles of Nazareth. Oh, God. Jesus of Nazareth, I, I, I command you, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. He said, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Nazareth now is no longer this ugly place. It is tied to Jesus. You want, are you ready? You want Jesus to be seen through you more? It has to come through your Nazareth. Man, I see Jesus in that person. I went through a Nazareth season until Jesus come and touched my Nazareth. Now you become that testimony. Nazareth now becomes a testimony of power and strength and salvation and healing. Hello? The Apostle Peter described Jesus' ministry of power and anointing. He described his ministry as Jesus of Nazareth's ministry. Look at, look at uh, Acts chapter 10. I'm just going to give you a couple more scriptures. You yourself, verse 37, you want to follow in your Bibles. Acts 10, verse 37, 38, one of my favorite scriptures of all time. You yourself know what happened through all of Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed. Watch this. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth <laughs> with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went around doing good. healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him why did the writer say Jesus of Nazareth because for some reason the Holy Spirit wanted Nazareth attached to Jesus how Jesus of Nazareth how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth can I just be honest with you he didn't have to put Nazareth in there he could have said how how God anointed Jesus the son of God with spirit spirit and power uh, healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was uh, with him he said how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Oh, man. Boy, I could, I could preach on that. Some of your greatest anointings, anointed, will come out of your Nazareth season. Mm, that was a good place to clap. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Some of my greatest messages have come out from my greatest pain. After Jesus was resurrected and was in heaven, Jesus encountered Saul. Do you remember how Jesus encountered Saul with a big, great light? I want you to see how Jesus himself, he's, in a res- he's, in, he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. He's already resurrected with great power. He already went to the cross and he already resurrected. I want you to see how he introduces himself from heaven to Saul. I love this. Look at Acts 22. Are you getting something? Verse 6, ESV. I'm proud of myself. There's a lot of ESV. 
Watch this. As I was in my way and drew near to Damascus, this is Paul recounting a testimony how he encountered the living Christ on the way to kill Christians, by the way. Do a study. Saul, before he got encountered by God, was on his way to murder Christians. And he ain't got encountered by God. What a beautiful God we serve. Come on, he don't give us what we deserve. Come on, church. Come on, church. It's like while he is on his way purposing his heart to kill Christians, God says, I'm going to encounter that man. (laughs) Look at that. Put that scripture back up. As I was on my way and drew near to Damascus about noon, a great light from heaven suddenly shone around me. I fell to the ground and I heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, this is the resurrected Jesus. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I answered, who are you, Lord? Watch the response. I am Jesus of Nazareth, of who you are persecuting. I am not just Jesus, the Son of God, Saul. I'm not just Jesus, the Holy One. We all know that. I am Jesus of Nazareth, who you're persecuting. You're persecuting Jesus of Nazareth. Your pain has a purpose. Your Nazareth has a purpose. I'm Jesus of Nazareth. Yes, there's other titles, but this is, a, this is a principle that I'm trying to highlight to you, that Jesus did not exclude Nazareth even in a resurrected body. Do you understand your, your pain is part of your story? Your, what you're going through is actually part of your message? Part of your sermon? It's part of your testimony? Your Nazareth is part of your testimony that you're going to get to be, but I'm closing with this. After Jesus was resurrected in heaven, Jesus encountered Saul, right? Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who you are persecuting. In some instances in Scripture, now here's what I'm going to land. Now, when I saw this, I was like, oh my gosh. Do you know that the big turnaround that came from Nazareth, not only was it in heaven and on earth, but it was in the demonic realm. Do you know that demons not only saw and recognized that he was a holy son of God, but they recognized he was from the town of Nazareth. Demons. Why would demons know this information? Because there's power now in Jesus being attached to your Nazareth. Because you would have been said, you, you could say now, I was blind, but now I see. I was bound, but now I'm free. I was rebellious. I did believe a lie for all my life, but that was my Nazareth. But I can't exclude my Nazareth because it's part of the power message that is going to come through me to help people. Watch this. Mark chapter 1 is the last scripture. Tough crowd today, Lord. Verse 23. Here it goes. Just then, this is the CSB. Just then, A man with an unclean spirit, watch this, was in their synagogue. And the man cried out. Now, this is the demon crying out now. Not just a man, because you'll see it says many. What have we to do with you? The demon is speaking through the man. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Look at this. Demons even recognize where you came from. Because why? Out of Nazareth, I believe by faith 
you can actually destroy a lot of what the things that the devil is trying to do. They're trying to make you stay in that place. Now Jesus is attached to you, Nazareth. Not pain anymore. Not disappointment. Look at this. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit threw him into convulsions, shouted with a loud voice, and came out of him. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Yes, it can. I said, yes, it can. You may not get the answer that you're hoping for. You may not get the results that you're hoping for. But something good can come out of your Nazareth if you surrender and yield to the process. Because Nazareth now will be attached to the name of Jesus. Forever my Nazareth is going to be attached to bring healing to people. Forever my story is going to be attached as an experience that I learned what to do and what not to do to help people and to get me free. I am more compassionate now to people that are hurting than I ever was. Don't tell me there's not a purpose in your Nazareth. He's Jesus of Nazareth. From that point on, that turning point, Nazareth never had a negative view at all. It was always Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. The demon said, you're from Jesus of Nazareth. Who are you persecuting? You're persecuting Jesus of Nazareth. It's tied together. Deliverance came out of Nazareth. I'm closing. Healing came out of Nazareth. Miracles came out of Nazareth. Forgiveness of sins came out of Nazareth. I believe something good is about to come from your Nazareth. I want us to stand up. Come on. I want us to stand up and I want us to really pray about this thing right now. Worship team, you could just lead us into a song. I'm going to ask you to think about what you're next. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.